Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The legal heir to millions of dollars, a law practice, a beautiful home, a hunting lodge, a family, a law practice, still sitting behind bars and the murder of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul, still remain unsolved. Of course, I'm talking about Alex Murdoch, the only person in the world excited to hear about Ghislaine Maxwell's trial because that means nobody's looking at him. But guess what, Alex Murdoch? I'm looking at you. We all are. Is he going to make Bond? Let me jog everybody's memory, or as we say in court, Your Honor, may I refresh the witness's recollection? Alex Murdoch comes home from the hospital, he says, to find his wife Maggie and son Paul dead out behind his hunting lodge. Then it turns out he hires his dope dealer, cousin Eddie, to shoot him, Alex Murdoch, in the head so he can leave behind insurance policy for his son. Well, maybe that's not what it was about, because now we are finding out that he, Alex Murdoch, has been siphoning millions and millions of dollars from his clients. As a lawyer saying, okay, I'm going to get you the settlement, and then he steals like a million dollars of the settlement and gives them 30 grand. Millions of dollars he's been writing checks, siphoning off into his private bank account for what? To support his drug habit? We don't know what. Is he about to walk free? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. There's a lot of dead bodies connected to Alex Murdoch. And one of them, a lot of people forget about her, is Miss Satterfield. Miss Gloria Satterfield was the Murdoch's housekeeper. And lo and behold, she ends up at the bottom of the stairs dying. I want you to take a listen. Now, remember, the only other person at home when Gloria Satterfield in her 50s plummets down the stairs of the home of the mansion, only person at home is son Paul, 22 years old. I want you to take a listen to his 911 call. Kick it off, Jackie. Yes, the big call. God, thank you, having. Um, she can't talk. Okay. Do you know? She's cracked her head and there's blood on the concrete, and she bleeds out of her left ear. Okay, she's bleeding out of her ear and out of her head. She's cracked her skull. Okay. All right. The other lady said that she had tried to stand up and fell down again. No, she. I was holding her up. And okay. She told me to turn her loose, and she was trying to use her arm, but then she fell back over. Okay, do you guys know who she is? Yes, she works for us. Okay, do you know if she's ever had a stroke or anything before? Ma'am, can you stop asking her? I already have them on the way. I already have them on the way. Me asking questions does not slow them down in any way. These are relevant questions that I have to ask for the ambulance. One of my questions is, has she ever had a stroke? I don't believe she's ever had a stroke, not that I know that. Okay. Okay, is she able to talk to you guys at all, or is she unconscious now? She's not unconscious. She's just mumbling. Okay. I believe she's maybe hit her head and had, maybe has a concussion or something. Okay. Maybe. Do you know what her name is? Gloria Satterfield. 
Now you're hearing young and troubled Paul Murdoch speaking to 911. He's at home there in the mansion. His mom is there somewhere and he is calling 911. Miss Gloria Satterfield has fallen down the stairs. She dies from her injuries with me an all-star panel to figure out what if anything what bearing that may have on alex murdoch's trial i almost said murder trial let's not put the cart before the horse with me troy slayton high profile lawyer defense lawyer joining us out of la uh he's with slayton lawyers dr sherry swartz forensic psychologist joining us at PantherMitigation.com and the author of Criminal Behavior. Boy, do we need a shrink. With me, Professor Forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon and host of a brand new hit series, Body Bags, with Joseph Scott Morgan on iHeart. But first to Matt Harris. Matt is the star morning show host of the Matt and Ramona Show, 107.9 WLNK in Charlotte. And he's the host of the Murdoch Family Murders. Matt, this story gets more and more convoluted um, and the murkier the water gets, the more we try to peer into it. What Uh can you tell me about the events surrounding the death of this housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield? Well, the 911 call was released, as you heard, and Mm -hmm. Maggie Murdoch was there, Mm -hmm. who has been murdered since, and it was on the same property that Paul and Maggie were murdered about three years and three months uh, after Gloria Satterfield fell to her death there. And there was also in the 911 call, you can hear him say there's going to be a fella at the road to help the ambulance find uh, the the house. And that's said to be a uh, groundskeeper of some sort that was at the property that day. Man, and they got course, a lot of servants, don't they? Well, Not judging. Yeah. Yes, 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 now, they do. And I mean, said, uh, uh, Gloria Satterfield fell to her death, but isn't it true, Matt Harris, that someone on the boat on which Mallory Beach was thrown off the boat and died with Paul Murdoch behind the wheel, drunk, drunk out of his mind. Everybody on the boat was begging him to slow down. He didn't. I went there. I saw where the boat hit and 19-year-old Mallory Beach goes flying through the air to her death. Her body floats, bloating in the water for days on end before they find her. Isn't it true that somebody that night on the boat said, and I quote, Paul pushed his housemaid down the stairs and she died. Isn't that true? Well, it, uh, Connor Cook said it, who was on the boat. Mm-hmm. He said it in a deposition uh, later on about why he was afraid that the accusations were going to be that Connor was driving the boat. And he said, well, that's the kind of thing that happens based this in a nutshell. He said, these are things that happen with the Murdochs. Paul's uh, pushed a person down the steps, a housekeeper, whatever, and she died. Doesn't mention Satterfield, but he mentions that. And so... That was a deposition he gave when he was saying that he believes there was a collusion of law enforcement to push the narrative that Connor was driving. And he says that's one of the reasons everybody's afraid of the Murdochs. Okay, hold on. I got, I've got to decipher what you're saying. Push the narrative. 
Are you trying to tell me Alex Murdoch, the dad in jail right now for dope and trying to have himself shot, was pushing the narrative? In other words, making up a story? Is that what you're saying? Somebody else drove the boat? Connor Cook's attorneys have pushed forward a uh, lawsuit saying that they believe that law enforcement was trying to spin the story so Connor would be framed as the driver. They, law enforcement or Alex Murdoch? The law, they are accusing uh, South Carolina Wildlife and other law enforcement agencies as being in some sort of conspiracy to uh, frame Connor Cook. In cahoots. In cahoots yeah. with who? Alex Murdoch? Alex. The, yeah, okay. I think we have the gotcha. family, Alex. Yeah. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I got a theory. And you know, everybody in this room and on this panel knows I hate conspiracy theories. And I'll tell you why I hate them, Matt Harris. I hate them because it's virtually impossible for anything anybody to keep their yap shut. Yep. So I don't really buy conspiracy theories because who's going to not blurt it out? I mean, you know, here's a great conspiracy theory that the cops framed O.J. Simpson that they planted the blood. You think one of those cops wouldn't sell out for a million dollar book deal since then? Okay. So uh, no way. If there had been a conspiracy that one of them wouldn't have cracked and told somebody that's my thing about conspiracy. So I'm not all about um, the cops are in collusion with Alex Murdoch to light, but they knew Murdoch because his family long history of being the local prosecutors. And having a civil firm, which it's got to be an ethical problem. But they knew him, so they probably liked him, and they probably trusted what he said. And sometimes people can be influenced on a story like who was driving the boat when Mallory was killed because they trusted him. Now, here's my theory. All right, just go with me on this. All of the financial wrongdoings, of Alex Murdoch, where he's stealing money from clients. I'm talking about how many millions did you say? 20 million? Uh, so far, so like 6.2 million, but we think it's going to be a lot high. That's what he's charged with so far. Stealing from his clients, and they knew none the better. They didn't understand they were getting ripped off. What tipped that off, I believe, is it started coming out that the Satterfield boys, glorious children, had never really gotten their payment from her death. Right. And then the whole ball of yarn started unraveling. Gloria Satterfield died in Murdoch's mansion, and Paul and Maggie were at home, and Paul and Maggie end up shot dead, just as the whole Gloria Satterfield story was unraveling. What about that, Matt Harris? Well, I mean, the timeline you have there is is pretty correct. Uh, the The charges against the conspiracy for the cops all getting together and sled and, and wildlife, that's not gone forward yet. But that, I just wanted to tell you where that deposition was. But yes, the, the, it was after the deaths of Paul and Maggie. Let's see, that was in June. It was about October then when it came out that Satterfields hadn't received their money. Or late September. Uh, and that's when things really started to 
unravel. And we've heard about more and more money now. And the $2 million that Cousin Eddie, there was cashier's checks written to Cousin Eddie, whether it was his signature, whether he cashed I like the way you say Cousin Eddie, but (laughs) you're talking about the doper that supplied Alex Murdoch with his dope. And also the person who says Murdoch hired him to shoot Murdoch, Alex Murdoch in the head. That's Cousin Eddie. Yeah, that is that is Cousin Eddie. He's a distant cousin, Curtis Edward Smith. And he says that he was never paid by Murdoch anything, that he didn't sell drugs to Murdoch, and then all this stuff came out about this $2 million. doesn't look like uh, Eddie is living high on the hog, I can tell you that, uh, from appearances. So, But I don't know. We're all Where did all that there. money go? Up somebody's nose? Yeah. Nobody knows. That's the crazy thing. Let's get back to uh, Gloria Satterfield just one moment now. At home was Paul, the son, the same one driving the boat when Gloria Satterfield died. They claim she tripped over the dogs. That's the claim. Okay. And also there in the house somewhere was Maggie Murdoch. Now, Maggie Murdoch, now dead, gets on the phone. Take a listen to our cut 55. This is Maggie Murdoch. Now dead, Alex Murdoch's wife, and I'm telling you, everybody in that area, Matt Harris, that I spoke with off the record, told me that Maggie was planning a divorce and she was trying to, they were moving assets and everything was coming to a head financially. She was finding out a lot of financial details, wrongdoing she didn't know about before, and then bam, she's dead. Now, that's quite the coinkydink, isn't it? Take a listen to our cut. 55, this is Maggie Murdoch, now dead, calling 911. Hey, what's going on out there? I'm sorry. What's going on out there? Uh, my housekeeper has fallen and her head is bleeding. I cannot get her up. Okay, you said she's fallen. She's bleeding from the head? Yes. How old is she? I'm not sure, like 58 maybe. Do you know if she fell from standing or not? No. no. Where'd she fall from? Uh, from the, uh, she fell going up the steps, up the brick steps. Okay, so she had better inside? Outside. Okay. How many steps is there? Uh, eight. Okay, is she on the ground or is she up near the top? She's on the ground. She's on the ground. She's on the ground. Is she conscious? Uh, no, not really. Is she awake at all? Yeah. Okay. Hold on right there. Justice Scott Morgan, professor of forensics and death investigator. You fall eight steps and die? Yeah. You know, I, I've been sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading right now, Nancy. After this woman was removed from the scene and taken to the hospital, she was treated as if she had essentially had some type of cerebral accident, which means like a stroke. And you know how they actually ruled her death certificate, Nancy? They ruled her death as a natural, and that was signed by a private physician at the hospital. This woman fell down eight brick steps. You, you understand what I'm saying? These have got sharp edges on them. She cracked her head. She's bleeding from the ear. He's this little petulant kid that's talking to the 9-11 operator. He actually says... Not only is she bleeding from the ear, she's actually bleeding. She's got some kind of injury that has opened her scalp up, Nancy. And they're calling this a natural death? 
it, it, it defies logic as far as I'm concerned. The case has been reopened, by the way, by uh, the current. This is Matt. Court. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. The case, is, uh, the case has been reopened after it, the money situation was what they discovered. They had taken all the money from the, or a lot of the money from uh, the Satterfield heirs that the coroner there in, I think, Colleton County has decided uh, requested that SLED reopen the case, and they have reopened the case. Nancy, if I can say one thing, this this person, Maggie, came into the hospital as a result of some kind of traumatic injury. The hospital failed. I don't care if you've been in the You're hospital for six years. You're talking about the housekeeper, right? Gloria right. Satterfield. Yes, ma'am, I am. And she came into that hospital as a result of a traumatic injury. I don't care if you've been in the hospital for six years in a coma. At the time of death, that is still reportable to the coroner. The hospital failed or decided not to report this to the coroner. The coroner could have made the decision at that moment in time to actually have done an examination on Miss Satterfield's body. Now, whether it be an internal or an external, whatever, or just review records, that did not happen. This was never reported. And you cannot rule this as a natural death. Now, you're going to develop other problems as a result of a head injury. Yeah, you can have a stroke, but it's traumatically related as a result of this initial event. And this is what I want to know. I want to know, I want to know what kind of involvement that Murdoch had with the hospital. I want to know what kind of involvement okay, they had hold on with to the physician. Because you are conjuring up in my mind another creepy image at a hospital. Troy Slayton, joining me, high-profile defense lawyer out of L.A. Take off your defense hat just for a moment, Troy. You and I have seen a lot in court. But remember in this case, when Mallory Beach was thrown off that boat, his Murdoch's boat, his son, Paul, rip-snorting drunk, was driving. He hit some pilings. The boat careened off into a, a big rocky structure and she went flying out dead. Okay. Wait for it. That night, Alex Murdoch, the father, goes to the hospital. It could be the very same hospital. And starts going room to room, Troy, telling witnesses of the boat crash, I'll represent you. Don't talk to the cops. He told them one by one to the point, Troy, that the nurses said, you got to leave, sir. You're, we're trying to do okay, perform medicine here. Go. Because he was summoning up, as Matt Harris said, defining the narrative, coming up with a story, telling people not to speak to police. And now we've got Gloria Satterfield rushed to the hospital, and the Murdochs are there. Roaming the halls like vampires trying to get into rooms, Troy. Well, that's why so many lawyers have such a bad rap, Nancy, and are yeah. labeled ambulance chasers. This is the very reason why there are state bar ethical rules against lawyers soliciting. You're not allowed to do that sort of thing. But all of that aside, he has a particular interest in the case because his own son is involved. And there's an alleged statement about his son and what happened with the housekeeper. Good luck getting that in over hearsay objections.
Yeah, Nancy. that's what I'm saying. There's a real hearsay yeah. problem getting that in. Um, and Joe Scott, another thing yeah. I noticed. Actually, let me throw this to Dr. Sherry Schwartz, psychologist joining us and author. Did you hear Paul Murdoch, the son, now dead, um, shot dead along with his mother outside their hunting lodge out in the country? Did you hear him saying, why are you asking all me all these questions? I did hear that with the 911 person. Yes. And the other what I didn't hear was a whole lot of emotion from either of those 911 callers, Paul or his mother. This is a woman who worked for them for something like 20 years. She considered herself to be a part of their family. And this is the level, the lack of emotion that they have there. And Paul was pretty young. I, I, he was remarkably composed, you know, for seeing somebody that you've known for two decades. For, for him, that would have been most of his life, right? And she's bleeding and injured, and he's unmoved and annoyed, almost like it's an inconvenience. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Dr. Sherry Schwartz, you've really pointed out something very, very valuable. Very valuable indeed. Now, Troy Slayton, a veteran defense lawyer, will say, well, that means nothing, people. All There's no playbook for shock or grief. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I read yeah. it a different way, Nancy. Question. He Go was, ahead. He was telling the 911 operator, stop asking all these questions. Get the ambulance here. He thought. That's really not what he said. Well, being unsophisticated, he doesn't know that immediately upon the call that ambulance and police fire are probably all on the way to the location. Troy he Slayton, doesn't know that. He you just exhibited more alarm and empathy as a guest joining me 3,000 miles away than Paul Murdoch did on his 911 call. And to prove the point, let's play it again. Cut 57. Slayton, you ought to go into acting. Listen to this. Can you ask the patient what kind of pain she's having? Then she can't talk. Okay, do you know... She's cracked her head and there's blood on the concrete and she's bleeding out of her left ear. Okay, she's bleeding out of her ear? And out of her head. She's cracked her skull. Okay. All right, the other lady said that she had tried to stand up and fell down again? No, she, I was holding her up. And okay. She told me to turn her loose and she was trying to use her arm, but then she fell back over. Okay, do you guys know who she is? Yeah, she works for us. Okay, do you know if she's ever had a stroke or anything before? Ma'am, can you stop asking her? I already have them on the way. I already have them on the way. She has worked for them for two decades in their home, taking care of them. He goes, yeah, I know she works for us. I don't like that one bit. That attitude, Matt Harris. Hmm. Well, you know, I... we know that he has been talked about as having some sort of uh, attitude throughout his life and through the teenage Why do you years. Talk but, like that, Harris. What do you mean? Well, think, some sort of attitude. Well, I think I he's mean, a I, horse's I, rear end. That's what he is. Yeah. Well, that's that's been said. I, I think also they. It's possible they didn't know the severity of of the injuries. She fell down who would think that when someone falls down the steps they're going to die well they that need is, to call 911 i don't yeah, call right. 911 when john david yeah. or lucy fall down i think they're going to get back up yeah. no yeah, I, yes 
Good try, Matt. Good try. I know. And another thing, did you hear, listen to this, Matt Harris. Matt Harris is joining me from WLNK, and he's the host of the Murdoch Family Murders. Matt, did you hear him state, I tried to help her stand, and she told me to let her go. She did not want him touching her. She did not want his assistance. What about that, Dr. Sherry Schwartz? That's like, uh uh-uh, get away from me, don't touch me. What about that? That sounds like there could have been some sort of struggle that he was trying to help her find her way into a fall down those stairs, right? That that certainly could be interpreted that way if there's truth in what he's saying, that she's saying, don't touch me, right? That she's trying to get away, doesn't want him near her. I mean, maybe I'm projecting Joe Scott Morgan, but I'm forever asking the twins, pull me up, help me do this, help me do that. Or David, when they hold out an arm to me, I don't say, don't touch me, get away from me. No, that you, that doesn't strike you as odd? No, it definitely strikes me as odd, Nancy, that, you know, she's trying to put, if if we can believe, like Dr. Sherry said, what is being said here relative to him attempting or her maybe in some weird way to put distance between herself and him, you know, she might see him as a threat. But Nancy, I got to tell you, there's, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of this. This is a coroner state. South Carolina is. Mm-hmm. There is a coroner's law in place. And my suggestion here, because these are very bizarre cases and very bizarre times, this coroner needs to impanel a coroner's jury in this case. And it it works a lot like a grand jury in that you don't have the right to counsel there. You can, the coroner can impanel a jury and they can summon by law individuals to come in and testify. I would get everybody in that hospital that had some kind of contact with Miss Satterfield's death and impanel them and ask them direct questions. And all of that evidence can be turned over to the prosecution at that point in time, because right now this is a coroner's case that needs specific answers. Uh, you know, this whole thing, this whole Murtaugh matter could actually turn on this particular case. This is essential information that needs to be sought out. I'm feeling the same thing. And you know what, Joe Scott, uh, and everybody on the panel, I think I hear Matt jumping in. There's a time in every investigation that I've ever had, every trial I've ever tried, every jury I ever struck, where I feel something Something, it's a turning point, and there's something about Gloria Satterfield's death. There's some significance to that that we're overlooking. There's something about it that we're not getting, Matt. One thing I want to point out is that I I commented on before was the 911 call, okay? The story goes that the dogs, you tripped over the dogs. I don't hear any dogs barking or anything like that, or them saying, hey, you know, Fido, whatever, get out of here. I don't hear any dogs. And I, I find that kind of odd. And when the 911 lady asks what happened, they don't mention anything about the dog. No, they don't mention dogs. That's interesting. Uh, she says, uh, how does she fall? And Maggie Murdoch says she fell going up the steps of the brick steps. That's what she said. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, the other day, 
our doctor wasn't there when we went in for the appointment. I said, where's Eva? And they said, she fell over the dog. I mean, it just, that's the first thing you say. She fell over the dog. The dog tripped her. Right, right. And I find that interesting that that fact is not there. Speaking of Maddie, Maggie yeah. Murdoch, oh, yeah. let's listen to more of her 911 call. Man, she's not, no, she's not responding. Okay, I just, I've already got them on the way. Me asking questions does not slow them down, ma'am. Knowing if she's conscious is one of the things that the medic needs to know if she's responding at all to you. No. Okay, so she's not responsive at all. Well, I mean, she's mumbling. Okay, so she is somewhat conscious. Um, Is she breathing okay? Yes. Is she bleeding from anywhere? Yes, her head. Are you guys able to control the bleeding? No. Can you put a rag or anything on it? Uh, yeah, I got it. Okay, is she bleeding from, like, her face, the back of the head? I got an ambulance coming. Sir, my Where exactly is she bleeding from on her head? I'm not sure. The top of her head. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. You know, Matt Harris, right now, Alex Murdoch is cooling his jets behind bars, and we're uncovering more and more money that he has allegedly siphoned away from his clients. Can you tell me about that? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's somewhere around $6 million in the uh, .2, I guess. And uh, he was given, sort of given bonds yesterday, but he's not going to do very well at getting out, I don't think. The judge gave him a $7 million bond, which has to be paid in full. Can't do the old 10% thing. So it, I, I can't imagine he's come up with $7 million. Now, it might be some sort of appeal going on or something. It's probably they're saying the highest bond ever set in the state of South Carolina, especially for someone who's not facing, at this point, any uh, charges that are violent, any, any uh violent offenses at all. It's all uh, taking money, insurance fraud, and wire fraud, and these sorts of things. Uh, He made a big apology yesterday in court, that he was sorry, he made some bad decisions, Mm -hmm. and all that. Yes, right. Uh, Apologized to the Satterfield family and promised to pay back the Satterfield family the three million that he took from them, but I just, where is all this money? Where is all this money that's playing around? You're right. Uh, take a listen to Erica 35. This is Murdoch's lawyer speaking. These reports that your client stole millions of dollars from, from the law firm. Did he use all of that money to buy drugs or did he use some of the millions for, for other things? The vast majority of it, as I understand it, was used to buy drugs. That's a lot, and- of, Dick, that's a lot of oxy. Well, 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 OK, so let me. Uh, it is. I mean, um, but but but. In his interview that we made him available for on Monday with Sled on the phone from the detox center, he explained he wrote checks for most of this. This is not I mean, and gave them the bank accounts, totally cooperated um, and, and told them how to find out how much he spent. That's Murdoch's lawyer talking to NBC. Now take a listen to our friend in Cut 36, Amy Robot at ABC Listen. This morning, another twist in that South Carolina unsolved double murder mystery. Alec Murdoch, whose wife Maggie and son Paul were brutally murdered back in June, is now accused of honchoing a scheme to funnel millions of dollars that were supposed to be paid to the sons of his former housekeeper in a wrongful death lawsuit after she reportedly tripped over his dogs, hit her head, and passed away. 
They were never told of the settlements. They were never told of the court hearings. They were never told of the disbursements. According to court documents, Murdoch allegedly worked with two of his friends, an attorney and a banker, to pocket money from the $4.3 million settlement, which should have gone to the family of his former housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. The attorney for the housekeeper's family says they've seen a fraction of what they're owed. They want to know what happened to the money. They have to answer for what they did. It is a tremendous stain on the justice system in our state. I'm confident that at the end of this, truth will always come out. Well, we can only hope that truth comes out. And uh, anybody on the panel, jump in. I'm going to go to Matt Harris right now, host of the Murdoch Family Murders podcast. The only ones home when Satterfield fell to her death were Maggie and Paul. Alex Murdoch stole the insurance settlement millions of dollars and that's the tip of the iceberg of what he stole from clients millions and millions and millions of dollars under the Mm -hmm. guise of being their lawyer maggie and paul are the only ones that really knew what happened and then just as we think maggie may have been filing for a divorce she ends up dead could it be because they knew too much Hmm. well yeah, I mean, it, and we also know that Maggie endorsed uh, at least one check where her signature or maybe a fake signature was on one of the uh, checks that Alec had written that he was taking, allegedly stealing from people on uh, a cashier's yes. check. I don't get it. You know, Dr. Sherry Schwartz, I'm sure this isn't in your DSM diagnostic manual, but the love of money, not money, but the love of money, the root of all evil. How many times have we heard it, Dr. Sherry? Yes. And and the, the thing that's often equated with the love of money is because it brings power. Now, it seems that this family wielded a lot of political power, maybe because of the money, maybe, you know, in spite of the money, but this seems to be what's tied this this thread that, that weaves through the entire fabric of this long history of this family, right? Money, power, drugs, deceit. I mean, they, I'm still struck by the 911 calls, Nancy, really, the, the lack of emotion. Maggie Murdoch saying that, oh, I, I yeah, she's breathing, but I don't know where in her head she's breathing from. I mean, this is someone you've known for two decades that's been inside of your house among your personal belongings and you're not rushing to render aid you can't work up just a little emotion that's really troubling to me as and an now, attorney nancy go ahead is really really bothering me is that if the housekeeper has a wrongful death lawsuit that must be against the property owner the homeowner's insurance and so you're telling me that alex murdoch the the homeowner is representing his mm-hmm. housekeeper in mm-hmm. the wrongful death action That's against right. his own insurance policy? That's right. He approached the Satterfield family and offered offered to represent them, said, I'll take care of you. His words, not mine. Yeah, what a huge conflict of interest. And he pocketed the money. That's just the tip of the iceberg, Troy. And one of these days when we've got about another hour, Troy Slate can tell you all the ethical duties that are connected to handling these type of money matters. But this all boils it down to a nutshell. Take a listen to our cut 41. 
In an interview with WHNS, Jim Griffin, one of Murdoch's lawyers, says for the first time, law enforcement always considered Murdoch a person of interest in his family's murders, even though he has yet to be charged in that case. Murdoch, as we've said all along, oh, by the way, that was our friend Amy Robach at ABC, is a person of interest in the murders of his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. 